1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. It's Friday, and that means it's Godzilla.
2: My name is William Bibbiani. I'm a critic for The Rap and Slash Film, and everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. I write for Slash Film, and uh, I don't have a nickname. I don't need mm-hmm. one. I'm good. We're here today, as we are every Friday,
1: to discuss the great works of our very dear friend, Godzilla, but not just Godzilla, but Godzilla's cavalry, his crew, if you will. We are his, here to his, say his retinue. Yes, his apostles. Uh, <laughs> it is our mission to review every single movie starring or featuring in some way Godzilla, but we're also going to be looking at every single movie featuring his his
2: retinue, his friends, yeah, his, any monster that met Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, Even prior to meeting Godzilla, we're going to be talking about them. Yes, as long as it's that version of the monster. Hence,
1: we'll be talking about the Toho, King Kong, but not the original 1930s King Kong. And that continues today, because there was a weird gap in Godzilla, where we had a couple of Godzillas right at the front. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's just like, oh, were there too many Godzillas? People don't want to see that many
2: Godzillas. We'll just do a whole bunch uh... of monsters a lot like Godzilla. Well, I think uh, people latched onto the genre instead yeah. of of the monster itself. Godzilla mm. uh, was, you know, a big hit, but I I think Godzilla didn't necessarily like sort of come into his own mm. until, uh, frankly, I think it might have been the American film that did it. You uh, think
1: Godzilla King of the Monsters?
2: Uh, was there, the one, there was Gojira, there? Yeah. and there was uh, Godzilla: raids Again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it took a couple of years for Godzilla to make it to the United States, and that yes. was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. And by then, uh, thanks to that film, it was sort of proof that these things had a global audience. Mm-hmm. And, and it, then Rodan and it was, a, little, a, hit a, was and, a hit in the U.S. as well. But yeah. I think it wasn't until like that American version started circulating through North America mm-hmm. that uh, Toho started making some pretty big bank off of the Americans. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, why don't we just bring that one back? Let's bring yeah. Godzilla back. Yeah. Clearly, that's the... The good one, like the big monster, the first one that really kind of kicked the door open. That wasn't the first
1: attempt, though. There wasn't like, hey, let's just do a whole infinite number of Godzillas, which leads us to the film we're talking about today, which is a creature very similar to Godzilla, and a story very similar to Godzilla, from the director of Godzilla, in a film that was intended to be a TV movie. Uh And then partway through the production, that kind of fell through, and they decided to repurpose the footage they'd already shot, Matt it out, make it widescreen, and then complete it as a feature film. And if that sounds a little unbelievable to you, that's very fitting. (laughs) Because this is a film called Varan, the Unbelievable. Varan. Varan, the Unbelievable. It's, it's, Um, it's that
2: he's that guy. uh, Varan is, uh, It's curious because uh, when they talk about Godzilla, they Mm -hmm. talk about Godzilla as if it's a singular being. Mm -hmm. Godzilla is its name. Yeah, that one dude. Um, Varan is a varanipede, which makes perfect sense. Then
1: they bring it up like this, too. Like, there's Mm -hmm. this giant monster in this really remote uh, place in Japan. And when it emerges from the briny deeps of this lake that it's in, uh, everyone's like, oh my god, half the people think, oh my god, this ancient god has come to kill us all. And right. uh, the other
2: people are like, oh, it's a varanipede. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, we've seen, uh, all, all the scientists gather in a re- room yeah. and say, ah, well, we've studied the monster and it's it's a varanipede. You know, all right. uh, th- that's, that needs that's, no further explanation, right? Everyone's cool. We're all that's the not same a species of dinosaur, or anything. No. That's, that's a word the, they made up for the movie. That's just the thing that they. But, uh, we're
1: at a point now, I think, where the where the formula is getting in place, yeah. and we're used to. There's a giant monster. We're going to cut to a room with some scientists. The scientists are going to take a look at some picture books and say that dinosaur. Yes. And it's going to have this name, which isn't even the dinosaur name. And I think we're just skipping over that now. It's like in Fast Five when they need to get some cars. <laughs> hey, let's go do let's do some street racing. And then they cut away from the street racing because we know.
2: The, the, oh, they won and yeah. they got the cars. We're, we're fine. We're just going to so, make uh, up
1: some bullshit for this dinosaur but, uh, anyway. So we'll just call it a Varanipede. We'll all agree it's
2: a Varanipede. And we'll move the fuck up. Uh, And But curiously, they don't call it Varan, the no. Varanipede. It's no. not the name. They call it A-Varan. Yeah. The, the Varan is, is trekking across the land, and we have to blow yeah. it up with military power. Yeah, we don't uh, actually know his name. No, so it is just yeah. a Varan. However, uh,
1: there are different versions of this movie in which Varan does have a name. And, indeed, and it's not Varan. <laughs> no, it's not Varan at all. In fact, I, th- I wrote it down, hang on. The, the monster on this island is... Oh, wait, that's the USA version, hang on. Uh, right. b- 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 uh, Baradogi, Baradogi. Yeah, the great god Baradagi is, um, yeah, kind of a big yeah. deal. And
2: it's, uh, he's, he's going to run amok like, uh, like monsters do. Yeah. Th- ra- this, yeah. Uh, unlike the previous movies, though, there's little mystery. Yeah. Like, if you remember Rodan, it's mm-hmm. like they're in. In the the catacombs or in the mines. Mm. There's like a murder mystery. Yeah, like somebody was was killed and they don't know what it is. And there's like these big bug things down there and they don't know what they are. Yeah, it's all Uh, all very layered. It's one piece of the story after another. And it's revealed eventually that Rodan is eating those bugs. And Mm. it it takes a while for us to see Rodan. It takes a while for us to see Varan as well. But something weird's going on. It's probably a monster. Then it is. Yeah. And this movie, they just deal with the shit.
1: Like, yeah. the, there's,
2: there's not, it. like, a mystery. There's no sense of awe or wonderment. It's like, okay, this is a disaster. Yeah. Here's a group... Rooms of people are main characters in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. And so here's, like, a group of scientists. There's one you might recognize, but they don't really have unique personalities. Yeah. And there's a bunch of military stuff. There's a little bit of an escalating threat when they find out that Varan can fly. That's something mm-hmm. they didn't know about. Which he only does once anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, and... But there's no like Sense of impending doom It's just like There's a monster Here's what we do To to mobilize to get it And then to get it And that's as simple
1: as it gets This is directed by Ashiro Honda Who did the original Gojira He did Rodan And he did the Mysterians as well Although that's kind of Like a different kind of vibe but between Gojira and Rodan, and now Varen, one gets the distinct impression that Ishiro Honda is a little bored with this formula already. Like he just <laughs> wants to just
2: crank this one out. Let's well, just make this one quick, this shall one, we? This one's in black and white, whereas yeah. uh, the Mysterians and Rodan were in color and gorgeous color too. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, these are on the Criterion Collection, by the way. All these movies, uh, and I don't, they, I don't they're think all Brad in is.
1: Varan is. In the, is. Okay. the Japanese
2: version of Varan is. Yeah. The American version you have to track down. Yeah, We will but, talk uh, about
1: the American version as well. We'll do it at the end of this episode though because it's not worthy of It's not of a worth episode. its own episode. It is very uh, different, though, and it is worth noting. Yeah, thank you for making me watch it, by the way. I yeah. didn't
2: appreciate how different it was. It's a completely different movie. We were sitting down uh, to
1: record this episode, and you thought you could get away with just watching the Japanese, Japanese version of, that's, of yeah, Varan. Yeah, that's,
2: that's the movie. And I'd
1: seen both, and you were just like, well, it's not that different, and I'm like, oh, Whitney. Yeah, they, we, they, You should they, see
2: it. They, they shot, like, 45 minutes of new it's footage. Like, it's maybe, amazing. Maybe 15
1: uh, minutes of original footage from Varan yeah. is in the American version of Varan. It's yeah. hilarious. But, but we'll talk uh, about that in a minute.
2: But I feel like we've already reached a point, and it's just been a few years Mm -hmm. since the first Gogeta, which was 1954. Right. We're in 58. We're not so far away from that. Mm -hmm. And there's already different tiers of this stuff. Yeah. There's like, Rodan and Mysterians are like top tier because those are like widescreen, mm-hmm. full-color productions with decent budgets as far as these things go, some fun miniature special effects, the Mysterians had space aliens. Mm. There are ideas,
1: uh, there's clearly, like, yeah, themes they there's like to There's, like, some explore. characters, yeah.
2: and this is a, a cheapy knockoff. Yeah. Uh, th- this feels like Godzilla Raids Again, and that wasn't Ishiro Honda. No, no, it wasn't. Like, th- but so it's like, Ish- let's get Ishiro Honda to do a cheapie. Oh, wait, it actually mm. just looks like a monster cheapie. And indeed, Godzilla Raids
1: Again had stuff like characters and subplots and different types of action and here well let's just let's just let's just walk you through it uh there's uh there's this little village uh in the middle of nowhere in japan and it's considered very isolated and they, they call worship- it
2: the Tibet of Japan, which yes. is a little
1: curious. Uh, they they worship this very strange god, mm. and a couple of scientists who went out to investigate some cool butterflies that may or may not be indigenous to the region. Maybe there's some new butterflies. Hey, mm. remember, you know, this will be important. Never, actually, this is going to be dropped immediately. But some scientists went missing. You think
2: if they're looking for butterflies, they'd find Mothra? You would think that, that would, that would be- lead to Mothra. Yeah. No.
1: A couple other scientists decide to go investigate. Uh, A journalist goes to investigate as well. Uh, A very plucky Lois Lane type. Uh, And um, they find that the locals are very upset. They think that their great ancient god has been uh, disturbed. And they don't want any uh, outsiders to come in and wreck their already fragile kaiju ecosystem. Uh, And then they're just like, well, we don't care. And so they decide to fuck around and find out. And they investigate this mysterious lake. And then the lake sort of bubbles up, and out pops Varan. Varan uh, is another bipedal, kind of Godzilla-type monster. He's not quite as much of like a T-Rex as Godzilla. He's got like a big, long line of sharp spines down his back.
2: More dinosaur-like than Godzilla.
1: In some respects, Mm -hmm. he's got uh, kind of like a webbed... Kind of flying squirrel wing situation going mm-hmm. uh, with his ar-
2: the ankles to its wrists,
1: yeah. Yeah. But uh, the way that he carries himself is a lot more like a biped, and he actually does look more like a guy in a costume, like kind of with like a
2: monster thing draped over yeah. him. Uh, I like Varan's like big cartoony eyes. Yeah, he's got big makes, cartoony gamma m- eyes. Makes makes the the monster a little bit more friendly
1: yeah and you and I were you and I were joking about this, but here's the thing with Varan mm. that i th- I think so far is relatively unique. I mean, maybe Rodan's kind of like this too, but Varan is the first Kaiju that we've met who didn't start anything. he was well, minding his own goddamn business, people kept poking around his house mm.
2: Just trespassing on his land. Well, Godzilla, like, came up out of the ocean, started stepping on cities. That's, he started, like, him he started, starting stuff. No, yeah. he, and
1: he, like, he attacked boats and things. Like, it was mm. basically just, like, what's up with all this Godzilla stuff? Uh, Varin is the aggrieved party all the time. When Varin, like, emerges and he's like, hey, get off my lawn. And
2: everyone's like, oh, shit, get off his lawn. Well, he all he right, sto- everybody... he stomps on a priest, to, to He to stomps on a priest.
1: Again, they were on his land. I'm just saying, it's one of those, like... Like, uh, you know.
2: You can't get mad at the bear if you go into its
1: cave. Exactly. You went into his cave, for God's sake. What are you doing? Like, you don't get to, like, you don't get to complain that the bear started it if you were walking into his cave. Especially if you're a scientist. You should know better. So the scientists come back, and it's like, well, we have to kill this thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it mind is its own business. And you clarified there, this thing has been around Since, like, the Triassic period. (laughs) It minded its own business for hundreds of millions of years until you trespassed on his lawn. Maybe the solution is to not bother him instead um... of just trying to kill him, which, of course, they do. And then Varan's just like, well, fuck you. And he gets out. He starts attacking everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, we have to stop Varan. And it's like, you started it. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't care who started it. I know you want to end it, but like Varan is the aggrieved party. And you, we both felt so bad for Varan. We started like, imagining like if Varan's this, like this cool guy who was our best friend.
2: I, I, I'm I'm not sure where uh, mm. the nation of Japan was mm. uh, in terms of like the, like the societal ethos toward technology mm. in the mid fifties. I know okay. that, uh, this is kind of counter to what the original Gojira was about, but this idea of mastery over the elements will give us power over the element, yeah. it will give us, like, dominion of, of the planet. Mm. Uh, that's kind of what mastery over the atom was supposed to be, and Godzilla's, yeah. you know, about radiation, and, you know, mm. the bomb created Godzilla... Uh, yeah. fall out from the bomb the fall from Godzilla, the bomb yeah. created
1: Godzilla and the only way to destroy Godzilla and reassert our own dominance over the planet was to create an even an, a, a bigger weapon an even which, worse
2: weapon which yeah. is an
1: irony at least the original movie cared about yeah didn't really come up with a meaningful solution to it other than we're kind of stuck in this well, loop
2: it was, it was a tragedy it's, it's a tragedy that, that we're that kind of stuck the, in this point, loop
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I think the Mysterians had a bit more of a confused attitude towards that, like, science yeah. is
2: really bad and will destroy us all, and the only way to stop it but is a, to become really science and y- destroy us all. Like, you'll uh, notice a lot of hor- a lot of horror movies in the 1950s yeah. were very technologically based, and yeah. there was a lot of re- giant monsters, but they were always created by technological means, radiation of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the case with Varan. Varan is just an animal. Yep. Th- a minding giant its animal. Own mo- business. Mo- minding its own business. and. Yeah. The solution is weapons. We just use yeah. weapons on it and we kill it. There's not even wit to the solution. They just kind of blow it up. And uh, yeah, they have they have like a new kind of cool explosive that they use. Mm-hmm. But there's not even a thing like with the Mysterians where we're gonna team up with other nations to mm-hmm. create the the super mazer or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah. No, it's just basically they awaken Voran
1: in like Act One, and then Act Two and Three, like the last like 60 minutes of this pretty short movie.
2: So eighty-seven minutes all told.
1: Very yeah. tight. Um, it's basically Varan leaves this village, goes into the ocean. They try to attack Varan in the ocean. They use depth charges, and there's this really hilarious bit they keep using over and over again, where Varan is like underwater and he's like hiding behind a mountain, like he's like in Gears of War and he's got he's undercover. And you can't, you can't stop him when he's undercover. He's so just like, <laughs> waiting for my moment. And they're dropping bombs on him, and then eventually he emerges from the water, and they're like, oh no, he's he's in Tokyo or whatever. We got to stop him, and so they try to stop him, and Varan's just like, ah, nothing can stop me. I'm Varan, and you're all jerks. And they're like, oh no, well what if we use a special bomb? Oh, okay, we'll try that. It didn't work so good. What if we get him to swallow <laughs> it? Yeah, that'll work fine. Okay, and then it works, and then that's the movie. That's it. There's no subplot. There's no character there's no, arc. There's no characters. No! A couple of
2: recognizable faces who keep showing up, but they have nothing to do, nowhere to grow. And, and I'm okay with that storytelling conceit. We don't need nec- necessarily need a single mm-hmm. character. If uh, mm-hmm. Sort of a, a people, a village, a room of scientists can be characters unto themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, a maybe a lesson a lot of... American films could take we, mm. we usually tend to focus on well what's the drama of the one person Who's mm. like, what's our entry point well we don't necessarily need an entry point that's why everyone gonna... loved
1: uh, King of the Monsters Godzilla King of the Monsters the uh, the more mm. recent one uh, with uh, King Ghidorah and Rodan uh, uh-huh. uh, because they you know there were all those like characters like Bradley Whitford mm. and Zhang Ziyi and everyone's just like we love that they're all here and they're not contributing anything they're just sort of they're saying stuff mm. everyone loved that
2: I, I can't tell if you're being ironic or not. I am funny. being ironic. Okay. I don't I don't think that actually works as well as you think it does. I th- well, I think that movie tried to sandwich in all of those those human characters. Like we're gonna introduce these human characters. Their stories are important. No, they're not. No, we're here to see no, the monsters. But that's my point. They uh, didn't give them stories. They just mm. threw them in a room. Yeah, so so don't So it was boring. So don't cast like notable actors or have them from their perspective. Just notable have the team. Yeah. Notable or otherwise Unlean with... team members working together. That's fine. We don't need <sighs> This so is a fight we're going to have a lot of times. Because I Because personally... you're, you're stuck in
1: Screenwriting 101. No, I'm and... not Screenwriting 101. I'm stuck in I'm a human being with empathy uh-huh. and I want to give a shit about the people I see on screen. Uh, okay. That's not Screenwriting 101. That's just wanting to give a y- shit. And a... some movies uh-huh. I can, and some movies I
2: can't, and I'm trying to lock down the reason why. The. Uh... I think you're you're looking in the wrong place. Okay. You're looking at these human characters, what's their perspective, what's their emotional uh their emotional baggage. They're they're to be stepped upon. Those are mm-hmm. meat for Monsterfoot. I would agree uh, with you. The character you're supposed to be have like a lot of sympathy for is the monster. I, I actually do have sympathy for the monster, uh, especially in Varan. Yeah. Because again, Varan Grant didn't do
1: nothing to nobody. Yeah. Grant, Grant got screwed over on this one. I think we can all agree on that. But we still have to spend time with all these people. Imagine mm. if there was a slasher movie. Uh-huh. And slasher movies, a lot of slasher movies, it's also meat for the grinder. Yeah. We're introduced to a bunch of characters, and the they're, vast they're, majority of them are going to die. Be killed, yeah. Some of them you care for, some of them are jerks, most of them are just there. Uh-huh. Right? Now, imagine it's only slasher characters who are just there. Uh-huh. They still take up the majority of the screen time. It's most and, slasher movies. And yeah. none of them die.
2: That's, that's the upsetting thing. That's yeah. the
1: upsetting thing. These are characters who don't even get to have cool, no. fun, exciting, Here's therapeutic, a... whatever you want to call them. They don't get to be part of They never go into the grinder.
2: Yeah, uh... So, that well, doesn't even that, work on that level. That, that brings up an interesting sort of genre study, and this is something about kaiju films, Japanese kaiju films in particular, yeah. where they, uh, sort of defy a lot of conventional genre tropes. Okay. These are, in some cases, just straight-up science fiction fantasy movies like The Mysterians. Sure. Uh... Sometimes, like in Varan, they're more like disaster movies. Yeah. Where the main character, Varan, mm. is the disaster. It's like movies. a force yeah. of nature. We yeah. just have to, yeah. we have to deal with that and, somehow and or more people will die. And that's exactly. the original Godzilla as well. Um, and Rodan to a certain extent as well. Yeah, These have giant monsters in them. There's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of death, ostensibly, when mm. buildings get knocked over. Yeah. We rarely go to funerals in these things. There's, well, really there's no time. There's not a lot of people saying, oh gosh, I've lost my family today. There's no tragedy moments, uh, but there's death. Nigeria had that. Uh, a lot the, of people like the, crying the about their family. Yeah. Like, Gutierrez had a lot of tragedy, uh, and a little bit at the so end of uh, Godzilla Raids again. Do these count as horror movies? Then there's yes. a lot of death and destruction and monsters in them. Yes, but they don't fit a lot of the same horror molds. I think they count as horror movies. I think some more than others.
1: Mm. Um, I think Mysterians is definitely its own thing. But when you look they're at, they're
2: not the, necessarily scary they're more like overwhelming well, in, a, I, in a way
1: i think that that is a fallacy that yeah. we sometimes fall into with horror movies that they must be defined by their scariness mm. i i think that's a qualitative judgment like how scary something is varies yeah. because of what scares you well, might be di- hold on let me just finish my one right. because what scares you might be different than what scares someone else that doesn't mean that they weren't trying to explore things that would be uh scary or otherwise within the horror genre mm. So if Godzilla doesn't frighten you, Godzilla is still a giant monster, force of nature, fighting other giant monsters. Mm. And so as a result, while he's maybe not, if, if we're looking on a scale of frightening, I wouldn't I would put him pretty low, except maybe the original and Shin Godzilla. Um, I still think they're monsters fighting each other. Much mm. as I'm not ter- terribly terrified when Frankenstein fought the Wolfman in the 1940s. (laughs) That's still clearly monsters fighting each other in a story about monsters. Hmm. And as a result, I think they are definitely part of the horror genre. And I I I think quality cannot be
2: a defining factor in a genre. Let me step away from quality, though, because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm about I'm not talking about they were feigning in the direction of Fright and Failed. What I'm talking about is they're not even going for Fright. They're going for a different kind of destructive mayhem, which isn't the same as horror. Uh, a, a monster mowing down a city isn't a horror act. Uh-huh. Some, getting stabbed is a horror act. That's something you can... Rec- I disagree can, uh... with that, and I think I think uh, Cthulhu would disagree with that. Mm. I think a giant monster can absolutely be a terrifying I thing. I suppose so, but I, yeah. I feel like uh, Ishido Honda and the other filmmakers who make these movies... Yeah aren't necessarily going for horror and the little kids who go to these movies aren't going because they're mm-hmm. they want to be scared i would argue
1: that i think it does depend on the film <laughs> mm-hmm. i would argue that for example the majority of the gamera movies uh-huh. aren't terribly horrifying
2: no those if, are more like was more, like more like superhero movies
1: films, in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. and i think there are certain godzilla films that do fit that mold more than others Um, I do believe that when the destructive force of a monster, especially a monster that is born out of some salient metaphor, whether or not it's treated seriously or not, because there's a lot of great horror movies that aren't serious, Mm. um, I think then it is at least an adjunct to the horror genre. I would argue that, you know, I would say Gojira is a horror movie. Okay. I would say, is is Godzilla Raids again a horror movie? Yeah, kind of. It's still a monster trying to right. kill everybody, you know? But by the time we get to Son of Godzilla, or All Monsters... All Monsters Attack's a better example. Is All Monsters Attack a horror movie? I think that no, one probably is. It. It's got monsters in it, and if no. you wanted to include it in your marathon, I couldn't argue it too, too hard. But also, that's that one's probably not so much. In any case, I think we get a little too... We get a little too adamant about the way we decide to... Uh, categorize these things because frankly most movies exist in multiple genres simultaneously well
2: of, of course they you know? do but you know yeah. i i think it's uh, I think it's at
1: least a little bit of horror in a giant monster movie
2: yeah I, and i think perhaps there uh, there ought to be but even this early in the game it feels like they're not focusing on that anymore Maybe not. uh it's think... it's a technological threat mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little bit more of a uh, a thesis on Japanese military power mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, if that's, that's the case thing, yeah. and if that's the case then I think something like Varan the unbelievable is uh, an action picture more than anything uh,
1: here's here's the one element of Varan that at least the original version that I think contradicts that or at the very least doesn't support that okay because not everything has to uh the idea that Varan is treated like an ancient elder god a cult. Icon mm-hmm. in this figure. I brought up Cthulhu actually on purpose mm-hmm. because I got some Cthulhu vibes from the early parts of the story yeah. where we're going to this isolated community that they, has this ancient religion this that thing, that, we, yeah. that is really con- unusual to us. And it turns out that they're right. And we can we can say, oh, that's a dinosaur. But they were still right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so there's an element of that that is, you know, the cult was correct
2: is kind of a horror movie trope, is it not? Uh, What I appreciate about uh, Japanese kaiju films that the American equivalents haven't really been able to do, uh, or or even like Pacific Rim, there's never a moment where the monster is just sort of like walking around. Yeah. We get that a lot in in these early Japanese movies. That's true. We don't get them in the American films. They They just just are. Where they kind of stand up and like regard the city they're about to. To break apart. Yeah. Um, I I feel like this idea that we're summoning an elder god would have made uh, a, a much stronger impact if there were a lot more shots of the monster rising, where we got to sort of regard... Varan we, right? get we kind of of those got, it's like when the water bubbles low, and low the... shot no I'm mean, like low shots of this thing like looking really terrifying and then there's a climactic moment mm-hmm. where it roars uh, and the reason there aren't those shots is because this movie's cheap as fuck it's very and, cheap and can, it's very <laughs> they, very cheap they didn't no, want to set that. up these camera shots yeah. the, uh, the Varan costume is clearly really cheap it's not like yeah. in multiple pieces like uh, the Godzilla costume was no it kind of hangs They're, off of
1: him and you can see it kind of like shake on his back like he's wearing like a Varan backpack
2: yeah, yeah you know yeah,
1: like the cheaper
2: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. costumes in the third movie. Yeah. Oh, golly. Uh, those yeah. are terrible. Like yeah. It's still still animatronic masks, but it's like... they, they how, how do you downslide from that first movie where well, the animatronics you, are pretty darn good? Well, you run out of money is what yeah, you do. That so, used,
1: It used to be they would spend less money on sequels.
2: Yeah. Nowadays, they spend more. More is, money on so yeah, yeah, totally unusual. Yeah. It's uh, Look at the budgets for the first five Planet of the Apes movie at some point. It's like, mm-hmm. each one is like half of the budget before it. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Um, so, yeah,
1: so uh, they, they basically, Varan starts attacking, and then they send a bunch of weapons after it. That doesn't work. They send more weapons after it. That doesn't work. And then they say, hey, we got this special kind of bomb that's really, really good if you like put it inside something. That's but right. But if you put it, it really... outside something, it kind of just pops. But inside, it will like create like these fissures and kind of blow it up from within. And we've been using it for mining. And it can like blow up a mountain from within. But if you blow it up on the outside of a mountain, it'll just go off like a regular piece of TNT. So they said, great, here's what we'll do. We'll throw it at Varan, and then it'll explode outside of him. And then that happens, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I guess that was a bust. And then mm-hmm. the guy's like, no, what if we get him well, to it... swallow it, and then they send, like, a bunch of, like, bombs in, like, parachutes with flares on them to trick Varan into going, mm, yummy parachutes. Well, it's, it's
2: also established that uh, Varan is, is like a moth. It's drawn to yeah. a flame. Again, this should have been Mothra, but butterflies <laughs> yeah, drawn yeah, to but flames. Probably, yeah, um, you know what? Maybe it was. I don't. I don't know the production of Varan. Maybe this was like an early script for Mothra. <laughs> well, they that might like have swapped monsters. They the might have taken minute. some ideas. we'll, we'll uh, be talking about Varan actually
1: next week, and we'll talk about Mothra next week. Uh, and when we do some more research into Mothra, maybe we'll find some connective tissue. Man, but, maybe uh, we won't. I don't know. But like the moment yeah, we don't have that information, because
2: that was established. And there's, it's actually kind of an adorable scene. Of Varan yeah. swallowing the fires—it's kind of cute, actually. Yeah, like, like, it's like a, it's cat a playing with a toy. It's a practical effect, and there's yeah. little fires floating down, and Varan just you know eats them. And yeah, it has that sort of like kitty cat mm. kind of vibe to it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they can trick Varan into <laughs> swallowing a bomb, and the bomb goes up. I just remember my inside. other favorite, my other favorite thing Varan does in this is um, when Varan's in
1: the water, which is a lot of the movie. Um, Varan can really book it underwater, and for a while it looks like the guy in the kaiju costume Mm. is like on a little jet ski and he's like moving real real fast through the water and it's just the cutest damn thing it's like it's it's like tonight on the news a squirrel learned how to water ski and that's like (laughs) Varan it's really cool
0: what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at Hero.co
1: I had a thought while I was watching this, and it's not a—it's kind of random. But I was thinking about, like, okay, we have to distract the giant monster and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking about uh, the movie Nope. Okay. Great movie. I love Nope. I like Nope a lot, yeah. Yeah, Nope kicks ass. But uh, I, had a th- I had a thought, and I'm curious what your thought is. Okay. Because I think there, there are two schools of thought. I'm not sure. I think they both have validity. Is the monster in Nope... Uh-huh. which is named Jean Jacket in the movie. It means, it means something if you've seen the film. If not, it's kind of weird. Um, is Jean Jacket a kaiju? Um, it is a giant monster. Yeah. Eats is people. It, it eats people and stuff. Mm. It's not biped or anything like that, but mm. they don't have to be, do they? Like Mothra um, isn't like a biped. Mothra is like a big
2: flying thing. I, I suppose so, although... Uh kaiju uh, in my mind tend mm. to have weight they're more like animals and while the thing from Nope is an, anim- an animal yeah, and that's actually like an the, point, anything, that's yeah. the point of a movie is that it's yeah. like this is uh, we're going to use our animal wrangling ancient animal Hollywood animal wrangling skills to wrangle a, a, a UFO monster, monster. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great idea it's <laughs> such a great movie it's like a love letter to, to Hollywood animal wranglers so great Nope is terrific yeah um, uh, I always pictured them as more being like things that can land on the ground, things that stomp mm-hmm. around, uh, a little bit more like mutated versions of recognizable animals. Right. To, but to that, me, that's what a, what's what a kaiju what is. I would, I would but argue. that's, that's just my definition. I would argue, a book. I would argue that Jean Jacket is a mutated version
1: of various invertebrates. Like just a jellyfish them, or something. Yeah. To yeah. be able to fly instead of swim. Mm. Um. It's a thought. I don't know. It just occurred to me, and I was like, oh, I should ask Whitney about this. I'll I'll say
2: sure. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Jean Jacket is a kaiju. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Varan was...
1: was,
2: It's Varan. It's a very perfunctory... Yeah, generic. very little texture to this one. Very little plot. Uh, yeah. It's just sort of in and out. The, even, even the monster mayhem isn't that exciting because Varan doesn't go on, like, a rampage. No, this, he doesn't get the, to, doesn't like... doesn't go into a city and start st- stomping like, on he, 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 like, steps on and, like, b- breaks, like, the village
1: around. It. It's, like, it's like, um... It's, it's like I imagine if, like, you're a dad and you fall asleep and you wake up and your kids have surrounded you with Legos. And you're like, ah. <laughs> Well, I gotta go to the bathroom somehow, so sorry, Smash, push aside, whatever. And I know I look like an asshole right now, but again, I'm the aggrieved party here, Smash. But that's kind of it. Varan poses a problem that arguably the scientists created in the first place, and the scientists respond by murdering him. Mm. And I feel bad for Varan.
2: I feel like a lot of these we have to kill the kaiju. Uh yeah. first of all, kaiju are gigantic and destructive. And yeah, it's and there's no no other way to I and mean, we can't negotiate with it. It's too powerful. Yeah, if only there was some um, way
1: we could just not bother it and let it like live in a lake for millions of yeah. years not bothering anybody. <laughs> if see, only there was some
2: see, see your sympathy is with this movie. It's in yeah. the right place. It's, it's with Veran.
1: I know, I just don't want to spend but but I still have to spend all this time with these human characters I'm mm. bored with and I'd be less bored if they were a little interesting. Okay. Therefore, those parts of the movie would be a little improved, and I would enjoy the movie more.
2: That's Fair. the entirety of my argument. Fair, okay. If we have uh, to spend time with them, can they not be dull? That's all I want. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like American versions of Godzilla failed to note that we're here to see the monsters, sure. and they're the ones with more personality. Yeah, and I agree with that. Try, trying to get us wrapped up in who, who is the the couple from? Uh, the 2014 movie it was Aaron Taylor and, Aaron Taylor Johnson and And, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen L- that's right who played uh, siblings in the Marvel
1: Cinematic Universe and they were married in the Godzilla movie which was really? a little weird you think someone's agent would have pointed out that that might be distracting
2: I, I think uh, I a reporter asked them it's like you you played siblings before and now you're a married couple What yeah. that's kind of weird right And they're like no we're actors well to, to you <laughs> it's
1: fine but to the audience like we associate with yeah. you and it's, it's a little distracting. Yeah, It's a
2: little bit distracting.
1: Is it a big deal? No. no. Is it a
2: little distracting? A little. Maybe so. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I don't want them... <laughs> get, get, get them out of my movie! Again, Sh- I, shove them, Put them I, in I don't a building want the that movie, gets knocked over. I don't, I don't want the movie care. to be
1: about the humans. I'm just saying, if they're going to be humans, mm. let them not be dull.
2: Yeah.
1: All I ask. Uh, Varen came out in 1958...
2: Uh, a modest hit Are Modest, it did okay Would have had to do okay for you know, how yeah. Clearly how cheaply it was made And uh, it yielded uh, Like
1: many a kaiju movie Before and after uh, An American version, whereas most American Versions of kaiju movies would eventually be Dubbed versions of the film mm. Maybe there'd be some edits, maybe there wouldn't Varen followed The Gojira Template, which is The Americans took the film And rather than simply dubbing it, they decided to shoot new footage and re-edit the film around that new footage... So, that now it's about a white guy. Mm-hmm. And when we reviewed Godzilla King of the Monsters and we gave it its own episode, the Raymond yeah. Burr version of Godzilla, the version that was exclusively available in America for many decades, you couldn't see the original version. Because we, it is quite different. It's from very different. The Japanese it, version. Similar in its construct. And what I think we both appreciated about that American version, arguably unnecessary though it was. Mm-hmm is that even though they added a new character, this uh, white Mm. American journalist played by Raymond Burr... Named Steve Martin. (laughs) Steve Martin, which is... They could not have predicted that, but it is funny. They resisted the temptation to make the story all about him. Mm. And what they instead did was, the events of the original movie happened like they did in the original movie, almost exclusively. Yeah. But here's a character we didn't see in the original version who was just there with the press corps. And that's our end because he's an American and everything's being explained to him. Again, arguably necessary, sure. But at least they didn't do some shit about how like, okay, well, there's a now there's this white guy and he's front and center and he's the reason why the monster uh, is attacking in the first place and he comes up with the idea for how to destroy it. They resisted all of those urges. Kudos for that. Varen the Unbelievable does all of that. (laughs) And it says, here's this guy. He is a scientist uh, working on this island in Japan uh, that is a a small island. And he's going to perform a scientific test on the lake that's going to basically, I think he's going to like purify the, the salt water. I think it's what he said he's going to do. It's uh, like a desalinization thing or something. Yeah, he's he's going to put chemicals in the water. Yeah, and that's going to potentially destroy the ecosystem. And everyone's really pissed at him for this as well. They should be. Mm. And he wants to like uh, uh, improve his image, I guess. Well, because what he what he wants to do is he wants to evacuate like the local village, mm. poison their, their water supply and food supply. And argue that this is all for the betterment of everybody because maybe this test will work. Mm. And when people point out that you're an asshole and the, the press right. gets a hold of that, he's like, all right, fine. I'll still do all the tests, but everyone in the village can stay after I've destroyed their ecosystem. <laughs> Aren't I the nice one? And, and the film presents it that way.
2: Yeah, like, it really like, does. Like he's this really kind of put upon character for us yeah. to deal with all of these pesky locals. Oh
1: my God, he is such an asshole. Uh, he, right. He's played by Myron Healy, who is not a particularly well known actor. You probably haven't heard that name. He was in everything. He was in every TV show in like the 1960s and 50s. Um, if there's a movie you may have seen him in. It was probably a Mystery Science Theater 3000 in an episode called The
2: Unearthly, which is a very bad film. He, he was also in The Incredible Melting Man, which was also on
1: Mystery oh, Science Theater.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he was, listen, credit to Myron Healy. He's a hardworking actor. He did a ton of shit. He's doing the job that was given to him here. Uh, he's playing an American who, even the movie kind of tacitly acknowledges that he's kind of the villain. But mm-hmm. they don't want to go all out and eventually they say he's the good guy and, and uh, that's that's I, weird. I, think, I think the most, distracting.
2: and the most interesting new character um, mm-hmm. is the uh, the character who plays is, is his wife yeah uh, she's very good very yep. good actress plays his wife and she's mm-hmm. the one who's like most ambivalent about this mm-hmm. uh, I I am from this part of Japan mm-hmm. I care about this part of Japan but I also care about my husband who wants to destroy it yeah and because the film is sort of like gung-ho about it, and he kind of believes in what he's doing, mm-hmm. she's now torn. The drama is all with her.
1: Yeah, she's played by... She's really good, by the way. She's played by Tsuriko Kobayashi, uh, who doesn't have a very long career, but she... Judging based on this movie alone, mm. she should have had a big career. She's quite charismatic. Like, yeah. I really like her a lot. There's this hilarious bit... And she's given the, a lot to do. She is. is thing. A lot of screen time, actually, and... The opening of the movie is kind of funny because it opens with, uh, the Myron Healy's character, Commander James Bradley, and he's giving a, a monologue about, uh, Japan and the plot and everything that's happening, and then we kind of, like, after, like, a montage and there's some footage from the original movie, and we, we kind of, like, fade in to him, and it turns out he is actually giving dictation, and his wife, Anna, uh, is taking dictation. She's working as a secretary. And there's this hilarious bit where he mansplains a diary. It's like, well, you got to understand, honey, if I read, if, we, if you write all this down for me now, later on I'll be able to look back at it. And she's like, oh, right. And I'm like, really? Okay, I think we all were, were behind the idea of when you write things down, you can read it later. I think that was kind of the premise of writing when we invented it. But all right, it's fine. Uh, he's got uh, a, a, a Sort of a, a, a Guy Friday Captain Kishi Played by Clifford Kawada I like him too yeah. he's, he's, he's actually he's, got, he's an actor Who's got like, like A lot of energy But his attitude Is really really weird He's really gung ho About stuff like Pushing indigenous people Off of their land Like he's really Excited mm-hmm. about it I'm gonna call the military We're gonna shove them off Violently And Commander Bradley's like uh, Sure Kishi Yeah whatever you say Pal He's like yes and then when Commander Bradley is like, actually, we should let them all stay and enjoy all the poison, water, and fish. Kishi's like, okay, good, thank you, because I was feeling kind of guilty.
2: Were you, Kishi? Because
1: <laughs> I think you were really enjoying it. He even has a whole bit about how, like, the press is giving you a bad name, James Bradley. There should be laws saying that the press shouldn't be able to say bad things about the government. And I'm like, Jesus, Kishi. I don't know how I feel about you right now, man. That's, that's really dark. So in this
2: version... He's bringing some energy to this thing. <laughs> well, he's bringing energy, that's for sure. I'm not going to... Because uh, cause yeah. My- Myron Healy ain't doing it. No, he ain't doing he, shit. He, I'm not really sure what Myron Healy is going for here, because he's yeah. kind of this uh, character we're supposed to be a little bit ambivalent about. Because mm-hmm. he's doing something villainous, and the movie recognizes that. Yeah, plot-wise, that's all there, but it's actually not conveyed yeah, very well, because yeah, he's, he's conveyed as some kind of just... Like put handsome a, yeah, put hero, type. hero, yeah. yeah like it should have been more someone like Peter Graves. Well, this is should have played this role. This
1: is something that I think uh, uh, people get hung up on sometimes. That if there is an explanation in the text, that doesn't necessarily mean it was conveyed believably. So if you have all these this text that says this character is a morally ambiguous character who maybe wants some good things but is willing to do bad things to get it and. They're very very complicated, but they are presented through the direction of the film and the performances as being more heroic. That is a story at odds with itself, and that is not necessarily conveying. If you wanted to convey complexity, you're you're simplifying it too much. Mm. And if you wanted to convey simplicity, you complicated it too much. Either way, the movie is at odds with itself, and it's very very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, he performs the test. Uh, the and this is an interesting bit of editing because. The test that he performs is like, you know, it kills a lot of all the fish in the lake and everything like that. And that's actually the part in the original movie where after they knew Varan was in the lake, they decided to try to like stir him up and get him pissed. Like, (laughs) what was, why? What was in that for you? But here, that's the inciting incident. Yeah. Is we're going to put a bunch of shit in the lake and we're going to, you know, see what happens. Um. And he's very upset that his whatever the fuck he was trying to do with this lake isn't really working very well. And it turns out the reason it isn't working very well is that there's a giant monster at the bottom of it. And the giant monster awakens. In this version, the giant monster's name is Obaki. And this one actually has even more uh, of a Lovecraftian kind of tinge to it. Because they specifically say that uh, the the locals believe that Obaki would, if they were ever awoken, okay. uh, like emerge and like destroy the planet or destroy all life on it so the implication is that if we don't kill varan or varan sorry uh we don't kill varan or obaki uh we're all screwed which admittedly does give a bit more context and gets me a little bit more invested rather than you woke up the sleeping giant and you're mad that he's grumpy. Mm. (laughs) So I'll, I'll give the I'll give the, the, the American version that they do. They they does feel like there's more stakes when you add that element. And the other thing is when it comes time to destroy the beast, rather than a bunch of scientists working, you know, behind the scenes and the Japanese military uh, coming up with an idea uh, the majority of, like, the second half of the movie mm-hmm. is the new American characters. Uh, they have pulled over to the side of the road and are trying to get their radio working so that they can tell the Japanese government to use the special chemical that awoke in Obaki in the first place. And if they can just get him to swallow that, they'll survive. And it's just basically like, yes, I did it. I, I killed everybody, but I also killed the monster. And that clears the ledger. And then poor Anna, she has this horrible, horrible sequence where uh, she basically says, this is my fault, not yours, the scientist who did this. Mm. Uh, it's my fault because I was the one who said, it's kind of fucked up that we're evacuating all these people and it's giving you really bad press and I'm really worried about you and I'm conflicted uh, because you know this is my culture. And so that's the reason why he decided not to evacuate anybody. And so she says, This is all my fault. If only you hadn't tried to appease me. Mm. All these people wouldn't be dead right now. And what he and and what she she has this like kind of persecution complex. I think that makes the character a little bit more complicated. A little bit. And I would have been fine with that if his response wasn't, quote, No one is responsible for this. And I'm gonna stop you right there. You're, You're responsible. responsible for this. You are directly responsible for this. You were explicitly told not to do this from a variety of different perspectives from a cultural perspective, from an ecological perspective, from a religious perspective. Mm. You were told this is bad. And indeed, you persisted anyway, even though at the end of the movie, what does he do? He says, Well, there's a lake in California we could have done anyway.
2: Yeah, well. The f- fuck! What you there? It, it's, it's about, um, like this, the lake he found in Japan evidently yeah. was somehow better for whatever study he was doing. And,
0: um, Apparently and,
2: not. And, and there's a big conversation partway through the movie where he's talking to his wife about mm-hmm. how they're, he's, she's, uh, losing him to his work. Like he's doing this too much. He's become too obsessed with this sort of thing. Yeah. And after the experience, like, okay, my work not only is taking me away from my wife, but, uh, the tension between us is now symbolized by Varan the Unbelievable Mm -hmm. Uh, and so once they best the monster he has to sort of go back and say you know what let me do something a little bit more let me think about my Mm -hmm. wife for the first for for once
1: yeah the original Varan ends with sort of like a coda talking about how you know we uh, ugh Life and science, am I right? It's a whole yeah. big can of worms that we open and really makes you think. And the American one ends with, well, whether Varan is alive or dead, at least we have our super chemicals. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> That's kind of it. It's, mm. it's a
2: different attitude uh, in a lot of ways. I I get the feeling, and and we can talk about this if you like, um, that the horror films of the 1950s,
0: mm.
2: especially American horror films of the 1950s, Yeah. And their technological bent were a, a way to continue the great white hunter adventure movie trend from the 1930s. Sure. Where it was about going into, uh, like, dangerous frontiers and, and fighting fighting and killing animals. Yeah. Essentially white people going to Africa and committing murder. Um, yeah.
1: Like, if you watch, like, an uh, old, like, safari movies yeah. from the 1930s where they would literally go to Africa mm. and kill animals on camera to allegedly entertain you
2: yeah and the animals, idea is like oh
1: no those animals it's a good thing we killed them
2: th- those movies are very much about uh american characters or european characters yeah. asserting dominance it's about yeah. displaying the power over the elements to depl- over the vicious animals we have yeah. We have the bravery and the weapons to kill whatever we want, and that's uh, that's a very positive thing, and was, as, the, as the movie uh, d- displays It's it. one of the great weird um,
1: ironies of the original King Kong, mm-hmm. because it is very much about that, but it's also critical of that. And I'm not entirely sure how much the filmmakers who had made some of those safari pictures mm-hmm. were intentionally being self-aware or trying to or if they were, themselves or if that bit. was kind of an
2: accident or not. And I, like, I to say for King Kong, I suspect it was an accident. Um, cause I they did, know there's a lot on the nose cause they didn't like move forward with those themes in some of their later pictures. Um, was a should and, um, Mary uh, and C Cooper, Mary e. Cooper and should yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you get to, the, so it's the theme of these things is, uh, dominance of the planet. Sure. Uh, and I have Our, a our place that, at the top of the food chain. Yeah. It's been challenged and it's been reasserted. In the Japanese kaiju films, we don't have that... Like I just said, Varan is about you know, Japanese military dominance. It is right. about sort of asserting power. Mm-hmm. But it's not about dominion. I don't mm-hmm. get that sense from the Japanese version. I do from the American version. Oh, it's very much about dominion. Uh, it's about... Uh, we have awakened these unusual things, even if we're responsible for making them, we're still powerful enough that we can take down anything. Yeah. Uh, And it has that sort of dominion over the natural world thing that was so popular Mm. with the safari pictures.
1: Well, and I think there's something to be said about the nuclear element of that, too, Mm. where the Americans know we're the ones who unleashed that shit. Mm. Yeah. That's a whole can of worms, and you know what? That's scary, even here in America. But don't worry... Even if our nuclear weapons testing creates giant ants, we will be able to destroy the giant ants. Mm-hmm. Probably through the use of other science. I actually forget how them ends. I,
2: I haven't seen them since I was a little kid. Yeah, it's been a while since know. I've seen
1: them, so I kind of remember how they defeat the ants. But regardless, there's plenty of other... Uh, you know, science giant bug, giant monster movies mm. that end with science-y stuff. Yeah. And we're going to cause a lot of problems, but it's okay because after we get a whole bunch of people killed, we will fix it. Yeah. Uh,
2: there's... Certain monster films where it's about, uh, there's this element of nature that we didn't count on. And yeah. it's, it's kind of meant to be a humbling story. Nature is always going to be larger than humanity. Mm, I think that some uh, of the
1: modern uh, Godzilla movies are a bit like that. That was a plot of King of the Monsters, where if we bit, unleash yeah. all of these titans, as they mm. call them in those movies, uh, they will become part of the ecosystem and mankind will no longer have mm. as much control over it. And that would be better for us in the long run. It, kind
2: of thin but yeah. whatever they thought about yeah, it yeah. well a, a better monster movie about that sort of thing is tremors mm. there's these ancient burrowing creatures and we don't know what they are but now we have to deal with them and they're yeah. just animals they're yeah. just behaving the way they no do agency they just and want to eat like anything else and they, we don't want man. them to eat so, us so yeah so, you know. humbling message that nature is still bigger than us and we have to find a way to sort of survive yeah if if, if we want to survive we have to figure it out yeah. um Th- that's really a rare part of something like Varan, the un- Unbelievable American Version from 1962. Uh, it's... It's not a very thoughtful film. It, no, no, no. And it's not yeah. trying to sh- humble humanity. It's actually trying to boost humanity's ego. It's trying yeah. to do the exact opposite. I was... This I was for, force of nature. We can handle it. Yeah, I, I will give... I'm not, I'm not
1: a huge fan of the original version of Varan. I think it's a little straightforward, perfunctory, not terribly interesting. I, I liked Varan as a creature and as kind of a character, but mm. ultimately not a really interesting film. The American version, uh, there's a lot more to be engaged with because there's a lot more to criticize, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Um, I was impre- I will say this. I will give this much of a compliment to the American version. Okay. Um, They kept it peppy. You know, it, it does, the added stuff, they did try to keep focused on keeping new plot elements, keeping it moving forward. It doesn't feel like they just added padding. Like they tried to make it, Like, they tried to make the movie still fast-paced, and I think they succeeded at that. So it's not a chore to watch it, it's just kind of a fucked-up Enterprise in its construct. More so than King of the Monsters was. Uh, It's a little harder to track down, but it's an interesting kind of period piece in and of itself, a little bit of a time capsule. Uh, funnily enough uh, Ishiro Honda when he was asked about the movie in the 1980s didn't know they'd released it in America at all (laughs) and when Uh, you watch the movie and again like 15 minutes of the original movie is in this movie give or take hmm. Um, there are whole major characters like arguably the protagonists of the movie who are barely appear in the American version it's like uh, If if anyone listening at home has ever seen the Terrence Malick movie, The Thin Red Line. When Terrence Malick shot that movie, Adrian Brody was the protagonist. He was in the majority of the film. He was the star of the screenplay. Mm -hmm. By the time Terrence Malick got done editing the movie, Adrian Brody was barely in it. And Adrian Brody didn't know that until the premiere when he saw the film, oh, poor guy. That's that's weird. That's got to be a weird situation. And I'm thinking about like if any of the original cast of Varan saw the American version, oh, and it's gosh. like, the fuck? I put in so much work. What am I? I'm just in the corner of the frame in one shot. <laughs> How did you
2: even do that? It's so just, it's so fucked up. So it's weird. It's a weird little thing. It's it, it's yeah. Um... Skip the American version. You it, don't need, We, we time capsule if you're interested in that kind of thing. But that's as far as I'm going. But go. it's it's not entertaining. It's you yeah. know we, we've talked we talked about all the interesting things that mm. are in it. Uh, it's the original Varan is not that interesting. And yet, they released it in the U.S., Varan the Unbelievable, mm-hmm. really superlative language. Yeah. And they made it dull, and, and they took, and they, there's less monster in it. And? It's like, if, okay, you're going to yeah. buy a monster movie, use every frame of the monster footage. Uh-huh. Play it backwards and forwards so you can get more out of the monster footage. Right. And here's and here's the damnedest thing, because it was kind of ironic that the original
1: Varan wasn't called Varan. hmm in the American version, you could change that if you wanted to. And instead, they changed the other name it goes by to Obaki and never calls it Varan. <laughs> so why is it called Varan? Jeez. What are you even thinking? Weirdos. Anyway, that is it for Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. We'll be back next Friday with a review of... Mothra 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 is coming Hooray <laughs> It's it's because if you imagine if you will Like okay so we've got a, a franchise with a giant Kind of uh, T-Rex type monster And uh, we need to come up with another monster Who's kind of a more heroic giant monster For that character to occasionally fight and team up with What's the natural fit for like a T-Rex Giant moth we all agree giant moth Giant Moth it is. And so we get Mothra. I've actually never seen the original Mothra. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Mothra was originally all about. And mm. sort of comparing it to what I know of Mothra later. Maybe yeah. maybe all the pieces were there at the beginning. Maybe they found Mothra over time. Should be fun. Also directed by Ishiro Honda. Because of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him, he was very prolific. Um, so uh, that will be coming up on the next Thank Godzilla, it's Friday, and if you're listening to this episode on the primary podcast feed, on Red Circle, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast outside of the Patreon page, that Mothra episode is up right now, <laughs> and you can listen to it right now, because patrons not only get to listen to all of our new podcasts ad-free, you also get episodes of Thank Godzilla, it's Friday, one week early. That's right. So, you can listen to that right now, if you head on over and subscribe to our Patreon page. And while you're over at our Patreon page, if you want to subscribe to some of the other tiers, you can get podcasts dedicated to every single movie ever nominated for Best Picture. We're reviewing every single one. We're reviewing every single episode of Star Trek in order. There is a massive back catalog that opens up the second you subscribe. We do commentary tracks. We do Discord hangouts. There's a ton of stuff over there. We're incredibly grateful to all of our patrons. Thank you to everybody who can afford to and has decided to help us out because without you, our show would not exist. Uh, and uh, if you want to help out the show But you can't afford to join the Patreon Please leave us a review Wherever you find us oh, That always helps Really, really does Like, don't, don't just it, do the star it, rating Even one sentence it pr- Really just pushes us
2: up in all of the algorithms That exactly. sell us to new people So more people can find us Just if you leave a review Yeah, I cannot underestimate How important that is
1: So if you want to help out the show Subscribe, leave us a review That would help out immensely uh, and uh, of course if you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode do you know some stuff about veranda maybe we missed uh, is do you have any uh, thing you want us to talk about just in general as film critics you can email us our email address is letters at net or you can send us uh, mail the old fashioned way in our
2: P.O. Box. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us a physical letter to uh Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yeah, we're
1: on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold.
2: And, uh,
1: rawr, I guess. Rar. Rar.